Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. That is right, my friends. You've tuned into the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, and I got to tell you, yesterday, Biden's speech to sell this, whatever this new, I've been calling it, it was originally called the For the People Act. They have since, what is it, the Freedom to Vote Act now. It's the same thing with some very, uh, I don't want to call it minor because this, this legislation is so consequential, but it's largely the same thing. Anyway, he gave a speech yesterday um, where perhaps the most honest thing he said was that he was arrested for marching, presumably in Selma. I don't I didn't he didn't really say he's had to apologize and backtrack on this before for doing this very same thing, misleading people as to the truth of the situation, citing scripture twice. I heard it twice, maybe maybe more. It's, it's suddenly, by the way, acceptable and cool again for Scripture to be cited as Biden's in the South, um, Democrats in office. That's no longer a threat to the separation of church and state because Democrats are in office. That's how this works. Just like the filibuster doesn't need to be something that we do in the Senate when the Democrats are in power either. So I want to pause to, by the way, email com. thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, Adoration and praise always accepted at that uh, address. I do want to, time permitting, get to uh, an email from a listener. Um, a well thought out email, not something that. Um, well, I just I, I want to address it. I think it's important enough. Time permitting, I will address it because there's a lot to get to, and as much as I want to talk about Biden and this stupid speech, I also it's worth recognizing that also yesterday also yesterday there was uh, there were I should say some fireworks in the US Senate um, particularly involving Rand Paul as usual and Dr. Fauci along with um, Senator Marshall from from Kansas in fact Fauci was caught on a hot mic uh, what do he say here? He called him a mor. They call him a moron. You can imagine if Trump did this. Oh my goodness! He says, "What a moron! What a moron!" Jesus Christ is what he said. I'm just quoting. I'm not. That that's what he said. So we'll talk about that as well. A whole lot to get to. There's always a lot to get to. More than usual here today, as I try to. Um get our bearings and keep us uh, moving through this as quickly as possible. By the way, at the opening of yesterday's speech, a speech that showed some faux outrage by Biden, Biden introduced Kamala, or didn't introduce her, I guess he followed Kamala, and he actually called her President Harris (laughs) yet again with a teleprompter. 
folks, I, I, I don't understand. I, I guess, as I've said on here before, I understand how people say things by mistake, uh, by error, by just getting caught up in the moment. Just whatever, right? Just doing what you do. Just talking. If you talk enough, you're going to say things that people don't understand um, or that don't make sense. But here he is. He's got a teleprompter talking to a crowd. By the way, if you want a summary, if you didn't see this thing or listen to this nonsense yesterday, Biden speaking to promote the Freedom to Vote Act, which formerly was known as the For the People Act. It's it's a different piece of legislation, but it's largely the same thing. Anyways, he was trying to hard sell this thing on the American public. The very timid crowd, uh, when they would applaud, sound which was tepid applause at best. The, the most raucous that this crowd got was when Biden actually said he was old. And they really thought that was funny because everybody knows that well, Biden's been there for a half a century, and yet um, we're still supposed to believe that it's everyone else's fault for the pro- <laughs> the problems we face in this country. Anybody but Biden's anything but the folks that have been in D.C. for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But this is what the applause, I kid you not, sounded like most, most of the time. When they would applaud, people didn't know, is that something we're supposed to applaud? Was that a joke? You could hear almost individuals laughing nervously. <laughs> Was that a joke? Is that Joe being Joe? What is going on? Is a lot of what was going on as folks were listening to this speech. But Biden, this is him at the beginning. Remember, he has a teleprompter here. I just, I find this curious. He's done this on multiple occasions. I am not aware of Trump ever. I can't imagine if Trump did do this, I announced Pence as president. Uh, I think he would have really... I, I can't imagine how embarrassed and upset Trump would be about saying Pence was president and he was vice president. But that's what Biden says here. Listen, I'll let you listen for yourself. This is how this thing kicked off. This is less than a minute into this stupid speech. Last week, President Harris and I there you go. stood in the United States Capitol mm-hmm. to observe one of those before okay. and I don't after listen to that. Listen to that junk anymore, but that's... Last week, January 6th, right? We're looking at a week away, a week in the past, as the kind of the backdrop of this. And here, here's the backdrop of what the Democrats what the Democrats are trying to do. What they're trying to do is say, in 2020, our democracy was under assault. Democracy. Now, this is subtle, maybe not to you, maybe not to me, but to some people this is quite subtle to referring... Uh, in or, to refer to our form of government as a democracy, which are, of course, our uh, our form of government has democratic aspects. There's no doubt about it. But it is a constitutional republic, which means republic means you have representatives that you elect that represent you and cast votes um, on on your behalf. It's not a pure democracy. It's not that the majority – the founders were concerned both with the majority um, trampling the minority and they were afraid of the minority um, creating issues that prevented the the will of the people from being 
uh, what do I want to say, followed by, by Congress and by our government. So the will of the people is absolutely important, but it's a constitutional republic, which means even if every person in the United States says, let's take away all the rights and all the money from Elon Musk, just picking him for example because he is the target uh, of many radical leftists today, there would be protections against that. Even if the majority said Elon Musk had to pay 100% of all of his wealth and all of his income and all of his whatever in taxes, um, he, in a theoretical world here, because we have activist judges that don't understand these things or care to understand them, he would still be protected. He would still have rights no matter what the majority had to say. The founders also understood that while we didn't want professional politicians per se, we also didn't just want you had to have people involved and have knowledge of certain events certain certain things that simply could not be known by all people and they've seen both the dangers of the will of the people being thwarted by tyrants and authoritarians and um they've they've seen the dangers of pure democracy and so we have a constitutional republic and that's what we have but they've They've set this up over time. They've built this up. Our democracy is democracy, democracy. Our democracy is under attack. And so they've laid that foundation, right? This is almost like for a marketer building brand awareness. They've, they've set the foundation. They have told you repeatedly, subtly, um, in multiple ways, every way that they can conceive. They've set this definition in many in the minds of many Americans that we have a democracy and then stage two is our democracy is under assault because Trump go, so goes the argument in this speech yesterday Trump and Trump supporters and Trump's whatever henchmen or whatever you want to call them um, tried to steal the election and Subvert, that's a new word that you've seen that I heard yesterday quite a bit in Biden's speech, subversion, subvert an election. He said this repeatedly. This reminded me of Russian collusion, a term that really never made its way into the American lexicon, suddenly appears in 2016, and we're still hearing about it today. We had a president impeached twice, in fact, over uh, collusion, that very silly argument which we've gone through and debunked and dissected and mocked and ridiculed for a long time now. Anyhow, so the argument goes we got a democracy. Trump and his henchmen have tried to overrule it because what they tried to do on, you know, from the time the election ended to the time until the time of. January 6th, when Trump staged a coup, this is this all goes in. This all goes into this to this legislation. This is this is all part of the narrative. This is how they're trying to advance this. Now, they need the support of senators like Manchin, Joe Manchin, Democrat West Virginia, like Kirsten Cinema, Democrat from the state of Arizona. They need them uh, to say we're going to do what Biden called for later in this speech, which was effectively to do away with the filibuster. They need every Democrat uh, to come on to come on board with this or um, that's just simply not going to not going to happen. So they're trying to make the case. It's an election year. They know they're about to get shellacked. They know every single 
factor leading up to this election is not in their favor. On top of that, some states, 19, I believe it's 19, have enacted laws designed to protect against problems with election fraud or um, even larger, you know, the the uh, <laughs> election theft, you might say. So the the things that Republicans or people who have in, uh, who have been involved in the say the audits or who have followed these things closely in Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, the recounts and you know some of the things that have happened that have been uncovered. Patrick Byrne, for example, who I've who we had on as a guest on our television program, talked a lot about this. Some of the things we've learned since election day. State legislatures have taken steps to prevent that from happening again in 2020, which basically does things like prevents large numbers of ballots just ending up in the mail stream, going to people who may or may not even live there anymore. Multiple ballots going to the same people. No, no, no uh, you know, no way of having to prove who you are, casting a ballot, being able to drop it off in some drop box. Right, all these sorts of things are included in this bill, and it's quite it's quite interesting because the Democratic narrative is that Trump stole the election. He's trying to overthrow our democracy. He knew that the results were accurate. He lied. The big lie. They come up with the term. See, they come up with terms, by the way, like that. The big lie, so that they don't have to actually articulate anything. They don't have to explain it. They just use the term, the big lie. Oh yeah, Trump lied about the election. But see, even at that. Even when you define what the term means, it doesn't tell you anything. What do you mean Trump lied about the election? What did Trump lie about? Why did he say the things that he said? What's the things that we found out from between now and Election Day? Right? Are there concerns? What about these mail-in ballots that can be accepted up to whatever it is, 10 days, according to this legislation? I believe it's 10 days after after the polls close, after Election Day. What about same-day registration being forced on American voters across all 50 states? What about that? Is there no concern for these things? There's all sorts of problems in this legislation, but what they want to frame it as, this is what this whole stupid speech was about when Biden wasn't butchering it, calling President, uh, calling Kamala Harris president and whatever else he did. But they want to frame it as, again, our democracy is at real. We have a democracy Democracy is the will of the people. Trump was a fascist dictator who was trying to stage a coup after he realized he couldn't steal the election through the big lie. And so now, in order to prevent against this, his, his henchmen and his, uh, his enablers, or whatever Biden would call them, have passed laws in states or are trying to pass laws in states to do away with some of these questionable uh, you know, situations with voting. Right, Some of these things that people say, look, that is an unnecessary risk. There's a lot of things that can happen. You know, Absentee ballot requests are not the same thing as mass vote by mail, right? I mean, you can't just force states. I mean, they think they can to force states to do this. And so they come up with this whole narrative, and it fits really nicely together, which is <laughs> which just goes to show the amount of Talk about collusion between between the uh, the messengers here. 
it just goes to show you how much coordination and real collusion goes into to baking this thing up and setting it up for, for you know for serve here on the American people. And so that's what they've done. They've tried to do it. But we're but but they've underestimated the intelligence of the American people. The American people understand now there's some that don't. There's too many that don't. But the American people understand what's really at play here. The American people, a lot of folks understand, and they don't want this, by the way. A lot of folks understand that states are supposed to run elections. A lot of people understand that there are absolutely cases where people have violated the law. I mean, heritage, when it comes to uh, breaking the law pertaining to uh, elections, I mean, Heritage Foundation, I've given names, and the Heritage Foundation has a page that gives names and charges and convictions and what they were sentenced to, right? Again, it doesn't mean that there's enough necessarily to overturn an election, but the people who are trying to steal or the people who are engaging in those activities aren't doing it for the heck of it. I mean, they must think that they can impact the election enough to make a difference or why else, why else bother? And so there's a fight for the narrative here. And we're going to have to have, well, it's going to be difficult to get the Republican conservative the truth out um, because, because again, there's a complicit media. Biden has the bully pulpit. He doesn't really know how to use it very well, but he still has the bully pulpit because he's president. He's the, you know, the single face, the leader, so to speak, of the United States of America, not a good one. I don't mean it like that, but he is he is the face right now. He holds the office, and so he commands attention, and he can misrepresent and lie about everything from being arrested in the 60s for marching to what's actually uh, the proper way to look at what's going on here. So the Democrats want to frame this. Biden wants to frame this. The radical left wants to frame this as Voter suppression. These laws are designed to keep people from voting because, as Biden said in a stupid speech, Republicans want as few people or they don't want too many people voting. Now, on one hand, all of us should not want too many people voting. And what I mean by that is we shouldn't want turnout to be over 100 percent. Democrats seem kind of fine with that, which should trouble folks. But the point is, if there's there's a battle for the narrative and there's truth, and then there is the manipulators of truth, um, and then there's the media and their complicity towards helping the manipulators of truth. And so this stuff is being misrepresented and mischaracterized, but a lot of Americans have have woken up to this. Combine that with the fact that Senator, Senators Manchin and Cinema uh, are very unlikely to go along with changing the Senate rules. I'm, look, I put nothing past these jokers, but... Still, that's where we find ourselves today. So it's it's an uphill battle, but it's important that we talk about this, understand this, and be able to properly frame this. Republicans, on the other hand, Democrats say it's voter suppression. Republicans say it's an issue about voter integrity, election integrity, right? Making sure that we have safe and secure elections. Now, I'm on record. In fact, I think I've upset some of you on this. Like, I, I believe... That we should, I and mean, we should not make voting unnecessarily hard. We should. The issue shouldn't be. And I think some people think this. It shouldn't be in my mind. You know, hey, you should really want to do this, cast your ballot. So it shouldn't be easy. That that's that's not my position. My position is 
we should make it as accessible as possible without compromising the integrity of the election, without making it more likely to be um, what, hacked or, uh, you know, people doing things illegal. And every time you have, I've said this before, every time a polling place is open, every day that you're waiting on ballots to come in, all those sorts of things, when the election is sort of open and, and active, so to speak, you leave open the opportunity for corruption and fraud. And there's certainly changes that need to happen uh, to elections, but it absolutely in no way, shape, manner, or form what the radical left and what the Democrat Party is proposing in this uh, latest piece of legislation that's really just an extension of last year's H.R. 1, uh, the For the People Act. So that's setting up this debate, this this narrative, or this kind of the, the playing field here. When we get back, I want to play a little bit uh, some of these clips from the speech, and I'm not, I haven't forgotten about Fauci and what's going on pertaining to Project Veritas and gain of function and the fireworks between Fauci and the Senate yesterday as well. So lots of things going on. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by our friends at iSell Health. ISIL Health, if you are looking for someone to provide a private health insurance plan, maybe you're looking to add benefits for your business, maybe you're looking at changing providers, consider reaching out to my friend Eric Wilson at iSellHealth.com, 815-372-1363. Eric is able to help not in every state, but a lot of states, folks. It's worth reaching out to see if he can help you. If he can't, um, for whatever reason, he'll direct you in the right, uh, push you in the right direction as well. But he can help most people in most states. Eric Wilson, iSellHealth.com. Check him out. Be sure to tell him. You heard about him here on the Todd Huff Show. So I want to start, I want to play this soundbite. It's a, it's a couple minutes here, and then I'm going to have to take another break because I was really long in the first segment. But Biden, this is, to me, the central theme of, of what he's trying to argue. This is the case he's making before the American people. He's in Georgia. He's telling Georgia, hey, it's not just here. It's everywhere. Republicans are trying to silence the voters. I want you to listen to this rhetoric. I want you to listen to this. Be prepared to hear more of this. I, It's an uphill battle to be successful, but it certainly doesn't mean that he cannot succeed. Here he is making his case. This is the central theme. This is the, this is it. This is his two minutes of trying to make his case for this piece of legislation. It's not just here in Georgia. Last year alone, 19 states not proposed, but enacted 34 laws attacking voting rights. There are nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of state legislatures tried to pass. And now, Republican legislators in several states have already announced plans to escalate the onslaught this year. Their end game? To turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion. Something states can respect or ignore. 
Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Mm-hmm. Voter suppression and election subversion. There you go, the two it's words. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Look, this matters to all of us. The goal of the former president's allies is to disenfranchise anyone who votes against them. Mm. Simple as that. Really? The facts won't matter. Your vote won't matter. They'll just decide what they want mm-hmm. and then do it. That's the kind of power you see in totalitarian states. This is too much for me. Not in democracies. We must be vigilant. Pot, meat, kettle. And the world is watching. Oh boy, the world is watching. I don't want... I know the He's upset about this, too. I don't want... Yeah, he he cries about this for a minute. The the world leaders. Oh, they, they came up to him at the G7 or whatever and said, America's back for now. <laughs> I just, I, I whatever. I, it, it's, it's patronizing and ridiculous, but... That's the argument. Republicans are trying to silence you. Republicans are trying to suppress your vote. Trump wants to suppress anyone's vote who doesn't vote for him. Is that really what happened? By the way, isn't it interesting? Isn't it so interesting that you can't even utter the phrase election integrity, voter fraud on social media? They will shut you down in a heartbeat. But yet they can frame this entire debate, this entire debate on Republicans wanting to steal an election. That's remarkable that we would let them get away with that. I know you're not going to let them get away with that, but will enough people go along for this silly little ride and buy this silly little bit of rhetoric and pseudo, not even pseudo, make-believe logic here? He's right about some things, but he's, again, He's right that it does matter who counts your vote, right? I mean, it seems to me you don't want people counting your vote that put paper over windows so you can't see in, you know, as they did in Detroit. It seems to me you don't want people counting your vote who the second, well, first of all, they make up a story about there being a water main break in the uh, polling places in Atlanta. Remember this? And as soon as everyone gets sent home, the people that remain pull suitcases of ballots out. I mean, it seems to me that it is relevant, who counts the votes. And I'm not defending every single Republican law or every measure of the Republican laws that, there, that exists. Uh, but I am saying that by and large, I mean, I, first of all, I can't do that because I don't know what's in every single one of these things. But in general, in general, what has been the intent is to, is to tighten down on Votes that shouldn't be counted. Votes that shouldn't be cast. And folks, there are votes that shouldn't be counted, not based upon who the person is or who they vote for, but whether, hello, whether or not they should be allowed to vote. Whether or not they are citizens. We have cities in this country that are allowing, allowing non-citizens to vote. Happens in New York City. I think it happens in San Francisco. At least it's recently been uh, passed by the Democrats in, in New York. I saw the Republicans have have. Uh, follow a suit trying to prevent that, and rightfully so. But it does. You can't. There, it, it's just like anything. There, it's it's like riding a bicycle. If you only focus on making sure that 
every if you say every vote has to count, that is insane. Every legal vote should count, right? There needs to be some qualifiers there. Not every vote. Every vote shouldn't count. If it's not a legitimate vote, it absolutely shouldn't count because if it's an illegitimate vote, the people that Biden is saying are not allowed to vote, their vote doesn't count now because of Trump and Republicans. It's actually the case that the the votes of people who uh, were of, of legitimate voters were canceled out by people that shouldn't have been voting. That seems to be a problem, right? I mean, I of course we should want, as I said off the top, voting to be as accessible as reasonably possible, but secure as possible as well. And if the intent or if the if the game, and it is, believe me, this is what they're doing. The game is to say any restriction placed upon voting, you know, if, if you have polling places open 20 days before the election and not 21, Democrats will say that's restricting, that's suppressing votes. It's it's absurd. Like, what, what else do you want? Forget about, <laughs> I shouldn't say what else do you want. What, what do you want that's reasonable? Right. If we get outside the world of using terms and throwing, you know, language around like the big lie and all that sort of stuff, and you just ask why or what happened or give specifics, they don't have specifics. This whole thing is about whether or not, I mean, it, it all started from this mysterious, to say the least, or statistically impossible bounce that Biden got at 4 a.m. The morning after the election in multiple states and states that shut down people that there's we should want to understand that. And don't don't tell me that Biden got ninety nine percent or whatever of mail in ballots. That is not even remotely close to a possible outcome or 100 percent in some cases. I mean, it's absurd. Some of these things that we're asked to believe or we're told we should believe and we can't ask any questions about it. And we're simply trying to simply trying to make sure that elections are safe, secure, and accurate. Not just say, hey, anybody, yeah, of course, anybody who should be able to vote and wants to vote should be able to do so. But to say there should be no restrictions or no parameters is insane. <laughs> it, that, that's lawlessness, anarchy. I mean, it, it is stupidity at its finest. That's effectively what they're really calling for, even though they're acting like Republicans are trying to suppress the vote. Quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Really quickly, here's what Biden is ultimately trying to see happen in the Senate. I'll play this quickly. Biden's calling for an end, as you already knew, to the filibuster in the U.S. Senate so he can get the four, well, what is it? The I keep wanting to call it the For the People Act. It's the same stinking thing by and large, but it's now called the Freedom to Vote Act, as though people aren't free to vote now. This is absurd, but nonetheless, we're playing this little game uh, at the highest levels and for the, well, for the stakes are high as well. But here's Biden calling for the end of the filibuster in the Senate. But as an institutionalist, I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. 
And if that bear bit applause. of applause. Right. We have no okay. option but to change the set no of rules, option. including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Woo! Probably, they don't even. There you go. That that's. I mean, there's more to. It. I there's. So, I I have so many clips that I could play and talk about, but I told you I want to get to. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Fauci, gain of function, what's going on there, Project Veritas, and all that. We'll do that after this break. So we'll reset when we get back. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute, my friends. Welcome back, my friends. Try to do this really quickly here and the time that we have remaining. Um, but Project Veritas effectively has come up with documents and a source. Um, this is James O'Keefe's group. They've exposed everybody from CNN to you name it. I mean, they've it, it's remarkable what we're dealing with in media, in our government, in our bureaucratic organizations and so forth, CDC and everything else. But they found documents that um, from DARPA, DARPA, that that's, that's the Defense Advance Research Projects Agency. I'm reading here from the post-millennial. I'm trying to think of the most efficient way to explain this, so I'm looking at just reading from this. And it shows a commandant of the Marine Corps uh, fellow with DARPA saying outright, quote, SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombinant bat vaccine or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA preempt program. Broad agency announcement dated 2000, March 2018, a document not yet publicly disclosed. So effectively... Um, what we're finding out, and Fauci denied this yesterday in the Senate hearing, um, that Fauci's what NIAID actually ended up giving gain-of-function grants to, um, well, for this experiment, for, for the gain-of-function research, which Fauci says <laughs> the definition of gain-of-function, there's so much in the weeds here, but effectively... Fauci keeps going back to the current definition of gain of function, which I don't think is what it was a few months ago. Um, so now he's saying, according to gain of function, you know, the definition, that's not what we did. We didn't give a grant. Other people are saying you did give a grant. The uh, other agencies said that this was too dangerous of a type of grant to give. This, of course, calls into question all sorts of things that have been happening, muddying the waters even further on this issue of COVID-19 and all this stuff, you know, just just so many things to digest here. But this was happening yesterday at the U.S. Senate. Fauci was getting aggressive. Senators were getting aggressive with Fauci. Fauci was getting aggressive with them in return. And here we are, right? I mean... We're, we're still at this point where 
there's a lot of information, a lot of dust to settle on this. In fact, the more dust that settles, the more conservative voices are going to turn out and have turned out to be right on this particular issue. In fact, I got an email yesterday um, from one of our listeners, and I'm not going to identify him at all um, because I don't want to uh, – he, he does work in in a hospital local to central Indiana. We'll say that. And he had some – well, some questions on some things that I had – I had uh, had been talking about. I guess I do want to clarify that I I'm not suggesting, as I talked about yesterday, that the CDC is making up numbers out of thin air. I am suggest. I'm not suggesting. I'm telling you that the way that they have not given us the full bit of information. They're still supposed to give us how many people have died with and from COVID. That's supposed to come supposedly in the next few weeks. I would not hold my breath if I were you. But they've already told us that more than 75% of people who have died of the from COVID-19, excuse me for that, the, triggered the break there, but people who've died from COVID-19, 75% of them have had, more than 75% have had at least, at least four comorbidities. My issue is that they should have let us know that early on because they have used this, authoritarian governments, governors, and so forth around this country have used this to take extreme measures that have hurt people in other ways, and that's unacceptable. My problem is they've been deceitful and not transparent and not honest and not forthcoming. I understand there's complexities to counting some of these things, but I also understand that their intention was not to give us the full bit of information, the government's intention, because – look, some of it's because they're inept. Some of it's because they don't know how to respond some of it's just because of a myriad of factors that, you know, constantly tips the scales in favor of things looking more dire. And I'm not saying that they were good, right? But making things look worse than they really were. Quick time out. Come back and conclude after the break. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Just a little bit of time left here. And I told Oz during the break, I... I tried to tackle too much too quickly here at the end. Um, but the two issues, um, responding to a listener email about just questioning or bringing, uh, having issue with, you know, my having issue, I guess, with the way COVID deaths have been counted um, is something that I, I'm not saying it's made up. And I just wanted to make sure that, that you knew that. But I do think that there's inherent problems. And I think that some people use that to their advantage politically, and that is dangerous, especially when we're looking at things like vaccine and mask mandates. I just I think that this is an obvious, obvious thing that should be of concern to Americans. And I just I didn't have the time that I wanted to. Uh, I, I didn't take the time to, to talk about uh, the exposed Fauci well enough, but just know at this particular point in time that there's there's controversy with what's going on pertaining to Dr. Fauci, COVID, gain of function, I mean, all sorts of things. And we have been misled and lied to a lot through this process. I've got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.